We meet today in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 to verse 28. We are looking at the commandments for Christians. What is it that Christians ought to do in view of the coming of the Lord? The coming of Christ is a rousing hope. We have now come to a series of 22 commandments for Christians. These are the commandments for the believers, not just 10 of them, but 22 of them. Up to this time, we are saved. God has shut us up to a cross. That is, God is not asking anything of us except this question. What will you do with my son who died for you? Now, after we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, then God talks to us about our lives. The child of God is not under the Ten Commandments as the way of life. He is way above those commandments. He is to live on a much higher plane, as we can see by the commandments in this section. These commandments are practical, right down to where the rubber meets the road. Practical to life. It is a wonderful, glorious thing to keep looking for the coming of Christ. But it is also very important that we keep walking down here on the sidewalks of life, at home, in the office, in the classroom, wherever we are called to walk. The Lord Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14 verse 15. Now there are some Christians who have never listened to his commandments. Well, here are 22 of them. They are given like military orders, brief and tease. They are backed out like a second lieutenant would give them out. And we were just told to be sober and to put on the uniform of warfare. In chapter 5 verse 8, the subject that we considered in our last study. Now the orders are being given and they seem to be characterized here. That is, certain ones are related to each other. Now the orders are given and they seem to be categorized. That means certain ones are related to each other. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 11. The first commandment here is to comfort each other and edify one another which means to encourage one another in the faith. The child of God must just do that, encourage one another in the Lord. The second commandment is to edify one another. In other words, here the Thessalonians, those believers were already doing this, and Paul says edify means to build up one another. You and I should be a team working together, edifying each other with the word of God. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and verse 13. Well, now it talks about those who are in leadership, those who take 
responsibilities in laboring among the children of God. Laboring among you here probably refers to spiritual leaders whom God has appointed over the church. Here as elsewhere, Hebrews 13, verse 7 and verse 17, readers are cautioned here to maintain attitude of esteem and love towards the pastors over them. The believers must do the same. Further, the congregation is admonished to know those who labor among them, indicating a closeness of fellowship. Not only should you esteem them, but you must also know them. Do you respect your pastor? Do you know your pastor? Do you respect those who have spiritual oversight over you? Do you know them? Do you take a special interest in their lives? Here we have three commandments that seem to belong together. You must recognize or understand those who teach the word of God. When Paul wrote this, he was speaking to the local situation in Thessalonica. He had been with them less than a month. He had won them to Christ and had taught them. A church had been started there, we could say from scratch. There wasn't a believer there before Paul had arrived and presented the gospel to them in the account of Acts chapter 17. So all the Thessalonian believers had come to know Christ about the same time. Now among them, certain ones would have been given the gift of teaching. Some would have the gift of preaching and some of helping. Every believer receives a gift when he is saved. And that gift is to be exercised in the body of believers, to build up the body of believers. But I have a notion that among the believers in Thessalonica, there would have been this attitude. So and so and I were saved at the same time. I knew that person he, when he was an unbeliever. I knew him when he believed. Where did he get the idea that he could teach me? There was that attitude. So Paul comes along and he's telling them that certain men and women had been given certain gifts of leadership and they should respect them. They should look to them for admonition, respect them and know them and acknowledge them. Well, my friend, we still have the problem today that very few people in the church pay any attention to the teachers God has given them. People say that they believe the Bible is the word of God and that they believe every word of it. Then why don't they obey it? Why they don't listen when it is being taught? It is a hypocritical position to say that you believe the Bible and then be ignorant of what it says. Anyone who says he believes the word of God is obligated to know what it says. Therefore, those who are preaching and teaching the word of God should have the attention of the believers. Now, the fourth commandment is to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Well, I have always appreciated people who love the word of God because I have found that they become my friends. It is only those who do not love the word of God who would create an empty with their pastors, with their teachers. The fifth commandment is, and be at peace among yourselves. Well, these all come together in one package. You can't have everybody running the church. 
You can't have everybody running any kind of organization. There must be a certain one with authority. Even though others may have their gifts, but what you must recognize is if you have those who are leading you, seek the peace instead of the division and the strife of the body of Christ. Now, I think that one of the greatest problems in many churches today is a case of the old saying, too many cooks spoil the broth. There needs to be one who is a leader and who is followed. With that arrangement, you can have peace. When everybody is trying to play his own tune, you have anything but harmony and peace. There must be order. Here are the sixth all the way to the ninth commandment. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. The sixth commandment is warn those who are unruly. Well, this would naturally follow the fifth commandment, you see. Those who are unruly need to be warned. Be warned. The seventh commandment is be at peace among yourselves. The unruly are those who are out of state. And my feeling is that they are loners and they like their own little thing rather than support the work which God is doing. They are to be warned. Comfort the faint-hearted. Here Paul is not referring to people with mental problems. He is talking to people who are fearful to move out for God. And they need encouragement. There are many people today who need someone to put his arm around him and say, Brother or sister, you are going to make it. I am for you. I am praying for you. I am supporting you. What a comfort and what an encouragement that would be to the fearful, the faint-hearted. And sometimes all of us get discouraged and become faint-hearted, don't we? The eighth commandment is uphold the weak. This refers to people who are weak in their faith. They cannot get in step because they are little babies. They are not able to match with the rest. So the Bible says, help them, lift them up, and carry them along. The ninth commandment is be patient with all. This means don't lose your temper. That is so difficult. In business or in our relationships with people, we meet ungodly, unholy, cantankerous, unsaved people who are definitely trying to trip us or to abuse us in some way. And it becomes very difficult to be patient and not to lose our timbers. But God commands us to be patient with everybody. That is Christian commandments which come down to where the rubber meets the road, into our practical daily lives. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 15. This is the tenth commandment. It says, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. In other words, don't fight one another. The eleventh commandment is, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all.
Well, there are three philosophies of life or three standards of conduct. The pagan world operates on a philosophy which does evil in spite of good. In other words, you get the other fellow before he gets you. Use any kind of method. He may have treated you well, but if you can get the advantage over him, do that. That is a pagan and a heathen philosophy. Then there is the standard of the so-called refined, cultured, and educated world. That is, do good to those who do good to you. Well, politicians, political parties in many countries operate on that principle. If one person helps a man to get into a political office, the politician will be bound to reciprocate by offering this man a job or an office. You take care of your own. That is the philosophy of the so-called civilized world. Jesus warned and he said, If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. Luke chapter 6 verse 33. Well, the Christian is to live under a different standard, which is the third one. We are to do good to those who do evil to us. This is contrary to the natural man. The minute someone hits us, we just naturally want to hit him back. This is the philosophy that Paul is talking about. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, even to those who do evil to you. Now the twelfth commandment says, Rejoice always. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16. Well, I think these next three commandments actually go together because it will be rejoice. And then you have also pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks. Rejoice does not mean to be happy. This is not the happy hour that he is talking about. Happy is not even a New Testament word. This is a joy in the Lord. As Paul wrote to the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Philippians 4 verse 4. Now, this is a wonderful commandment. You won't find that in the Ten Commandments. The child of God has no right to be a mean individual. If you are a child of God, you are to rejoice always. That's incidentally a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. If you cannot rejoice, then begin reading the Word of God and calling on God to put into your heart the joy of the Lord. He will do it. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17. Now this verse frequently misunderstood and misquoted. This verse does not mean that one is to be praying every minute. It however calls an individual to maintain an attitude of prayer. The attitude of prayer is what you have always. This verse does insist upon an uninterrupted practice of prayer regarding all matters. This has to do with an attitude of prayer. As one prays in this manner, the ability to fulfill the commandment of verse 18 is actually realized. What is the commandment of verse 18? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you.
This verse also tells us to give thanks in all circumstances, not just once a year, but all the time. The giving of thanks in all things does not imply that all things are good. Rather, the Christian is charged with the giving of thanks because of his confidence in the purpose and the providence of God in any and every circumstance of life. That's what Romans chapter 8, 28 to 39 talk about. This is the will of God for you. Now the 15th commandment says, Do not quench the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 19 Now one of the figures that is used of the Spirit is fire. How do you quench a fire? Well, you dampen it down and don't let it burn. To quench the Spirit then means that you refuse to do the will of God. That is, you are not listening to the Holy Spirit. You refuse to let the Holy Spirit be your guide to lead you. You and I quench the Holy Spirit when we take matters even into our own hands. The sixteenth commandment is do not despise prophecies. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 20. In other words here, do not look down upon the Bible or even Bible study as something that is beneath you. Do not be indifferent to the word of God. Now, we have a lot of people who are in Christian service, but they are ignorant of the word of God, and they look down on Bible study. The 16th commandment which Paul gives is, do not despise prophecies. That is, do not despise the teaching of the word of God. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. First Thessalonians 5 verse 21. Well, test all things here. It is talking about don't be taken in. To put it crudely, don't be a sucker. Don't be misled into supporting even a project just because someone sends you a picture of pathetic looking orphans. Don't continue. Don't even contribute to do things you know nothing about. Don't fall for some promotion job. First of all, you need to investigate. Investigate anything to which you give your support. Christians ought not to just be gullible. We are to prove all things or to test all things and hold to that which is true and genuine. This also means that we are not to be taken in by flattery. There are many deceivers today, even those who come in the name of the Lord. Abstain from every form of evil. First Thessalonians 5 verse 22. This is the 19th commandment and is the answer for questionable pastimes and museums. If there is any question in your mind whether something is right or wrong, then it is wrong for you. Abstain from all appearance of evil, the Bible charges. Notice that the men is also a triune being. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 Man is a triune being, body, soul and spirit. Now, we should not continue to be babies in Christ. We should be growing to maturity. And so here, we must grow. 
That is Paul's wish for the believers. A believer must be growing. He who calls you is faithful. Who also will do it? First Thessalonians 5 verse 24. Now, you, he's basically saying here, you can depend upon God. Brethren, pray for us. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 25. This is the 20th commandment. It is to pray for those who give out the word of God. Now, I know that today you cannot pray for Paul because Paul is dead. But you can pray for me. And I would appreciate it very much. You can also pray for your pastor and your missionaries. I know they will appreciate it very much. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 26. Well, this is the 21st commandment. And indeed, greet all brethren with a holy kiss. This is an ancient and common greeting. It was a symbol of special affection, which should be felt by all Christians for one another. The emphasis, even in greetings, should be on holiness of conduct. And this is a commandment too. Just make sure that it is a holy kiss. And in our culture and with our customs, maybe a warm handshake will just do it. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 27. This is the 22nd commandment. And I have also obeyed this commandment by reading and explaining this entire epistle to you. You see, the commandment is you must share the word of God. And this word, the Bible we have, must not just be for your own consumption, but to be shared with the other brethren. Those are the commandments for the believers, my friend. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. First Thessalonians 5 verse 28. My friend, I also pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ may be with you from now onwards. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620 South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620 South Africa.